Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. My name is Michael Bath and this is Owner Stories Day. We're up to number 66 of the Owner Stories series. And today I'm going to be joined actually very, very shortly because I'm running late. It's four minutes before I have to connect to Zoom and start speaking to Chris. And Chris is going to be coming in from uh, Tucson in Arizona in the US. Chris is a first-time Porsche owner. He's got a good story. He's uh, He's... Maybe a little bit younger than a lot of other Porsche owners. Maybe not everyone, but 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 the majority, the majority. Uh, and he's managed to get his first Porsche at a young age, and he's going to tell us all about his story. So let me get Chris on the line, and let's start talking about his Porsche-cooled owner's story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories. Welcome back to number 66 of the Owner Stories series. And I am joined by uh, Chris today, and Chris is coming in from the U.S. He's coming in from Tucson and Arizona Good evening, Chris. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And I just want to—I just want to tell the listeners that I've—I've I've been pretty terrible to Chris. I've actually cancelled him twice. Um, so we managed to hook this up today. It's fourth of January. We're recording a little bit earlier. These are always recorded a little bit in advance. How's the uh, How's the weather in Tucson this time of year? Uh, it's a well. I mean, it's cold for here. There's there's snow up on on the mountain, Mount Lemon, that uh, we're kind of surrounded by. But uh, you know, got down into the twenties ish, but. Yeah, it's nice. So I just want to let the listeners know, when we get into your story, Chris, and when they start seeing your Instagram pictures, which I'm going to share very shortly, your Instagram handle, um, they'll see that you drive your car, that you drive your car in the snow. You drive your car a lot. And I want to talk about the original owner that you mentioned to me about. We'll get into that um, and how it all came about. But before we get there, let's just get straight into it and let's start about where it all began for you. Um, And, you know, we've had a lot of owners on Owner Stories now. Um, like I said, we're up to number 66 with you. And some people have started very late in life. Some people have started early in life. When did you first start noticing Porsche? And I just want to tell the listeners, you're quite young and you can tell them your age. When did you start first noticing Porsche? And, and when did you first realize that, hey, maybe that's something that I want to get into? Yeah, so uh, I, I just turned 30 a couple months or a couple weeks ago. And so first time I, I uh, really noticed Porsche, so I, I grew up in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is, uh, down the Southern middle part of the state. And it's, you know, not a very big city at all, maybe 200,000 people at that time. Right. And, uh, you know, no Porsche dealership. Uh, I think there was one down in El Paso, but not, you, you just didn't see them. And so the, the first, the first Porsche I can really remember seeing was I was on like a elementary school field trip uh, to like a greenhouse. And they had, uh, I, there, I believe it would have been a 993 okay. parked out front. And I saw that and remember thinking that was cool. And then when, when I was in high school, my, uh, my neighbor, who was an anesthesiologist, he, I think he might have bought it new, a 997, which he only had for a couple months. And then he decided that that was too flashy for him. And he, I think, got a 964. Right. And uh, his kids would go take that for joy rides in the middle of the night and do like 90 miles an hour up and down our little farm road. But there really just weren't that many Porsches around. And so I think really, uh, what got me super interested in them was, uh, you know, I, I would have graduated high school in about 20 in 2010. And so that was back when right at the beginning, when air cools were really starting to kick off. Yeah. And of course I, 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 I yeah, I've listened to a bunch of these uh, owner stories. And so I, I was trying to think about it and I really think my getting into Porsches really had to do with watching way too much top gear 
and uh, looking at all the stuff that was coming out online when I was in college with, you know, sites like uh, Speed Hunters and, yep. and, and uh, you know, all the cool stuff people are doing Porsches. And of course, like back then I was like, oh man, I really want a 993 because, you know, it's modern enough. It has a six speed, um, really cool. Same, like and I saw this when I was a kid, but yeah, the prices, I could just sit there in engineering school and watch them just climb and climb and climb and climb. So, um, yeah, but, that was the, that was the beginning of it. Wasn't it? 2010. It, about the it was, of it. Yeah. you know, I can remember when I, when I was in high school, you, it was like, Oh yeah, nine, nine threes. That makes sense. It's like, you could pick up a nice one for under $30,000 and yes, you did it easily. But I mean, it was just still a used car back then, but now it's just gone crazy. So you had the neighbor who had the 997, he traded it for a 964. But, you know, like you said, you're watching Top Gear, you're watching stuff on YouTube, you're watching, you know, all these shows. And I, I guess around that time they are, it is, it is the, it's the 997, right? It's the 997 on Top Gear and things like that. It's probably 996. This is a probably comparison shot, comparison um, drives with the 996, but it's 997 getting into 991. Yeah, more, more 997 when I was really starting to pay attention because bef- before then, uh, you know, I'd really been focused on like muscle cars. My, right. my first, my first car was a little Nissan pickup truck and I had that for a while. And then, um, my senior year of high school, my dad got me a, uh, 95 Mustang GT Okay. with a, with a five liter. And, um, it was this really pretty kind of opalescent silver. Right. And, um, I had that for a bit. Cause my, my dad is a huge car guy. He, he'd had, he's had so many different Mustangs. I don't even know right now. He's actually got a Bronco on order, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, I had that Mustang for a little while. And then I actually decided I'd rather have a motorcycle. So, uh, we got rid of that and I bought myself a Suzuki SV650. Okay. And then that was my only vehicle through, uh, almost all of college. So you were riding the bike. Yeah. Um, so the Mustang, what happened to the Mustang then? You sold it. Oh, my, yeah, we just sold it. I, I decided I'd rather have a bike. It seems like there is a trend, though, and I guess with, with the you know the U.S. owners that the muscle the muscle car is always the first car. It seems to be the Mustang is one of the first cars you get. It's like it's always on the list of of most people. Um, yeah, for, for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. So there's there's a billion of them, and they're you know cheap enough. And they're cheap enough, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a good car. Good driver's car. They're plenty big, and you can fit a bunch of stuff in them. You know, it has a definitely more of a usable backseat than, than my car but uh but yeah no it's a, it was a good car okay so you you have the nissan pickup you you have the mustang then you're in your on your bike and you're just riding your bike right you're enjoying your bike yep what makes you think then you know what makes you think then that the porsche will be the car that actually suits you that's going to be right for your lifestyle because you've, you've got a pretty active lifestyle right tell the yeah. listeners about what yeah. you enjoy doing um so i've there, there's a, there's a couple steps in between that bike and the, and, and the car. So I, okay. uh, I did get, um, I, you know, my dad has this, had this old, uh, Ford, Ford F two fifty okay. that, um, I was, a, he was the original owner and, uh, I was actually brought home from the hospital in that truck. And, uh, so my last year of college, I took over that and I, I've still got it. And, uh, it's, it's a great truck. I'm never, I'm never going to get rid of that thing. I love it. It's uh 1990. It's got the, 7.5 liter V8 four or it's four wheel drive with two gas tanks and a manual transmission. So it's it's that's the car, Chris, that you'll pass on to your children. 
Oh Is yeah, that how it works? definitely. Yeah. That thing's that's well, it's <laughs> great because it's so easy. To, it's so easy to work on. You know, it, ha- having bought well, I've got two Ducatis right here because they came after the bikes and the truck. Um, but you know, kind of going into those and into the car, it makes taking care of the truck a lot easier to easier. justify <laughs> because it's like every time I'm going to do something on the truck. I, I, I play a fun game where I figure out how much that would cost on my car. And it makes it a lot easier to swipe the credit card. Okay. So you got the, you had the Suzuki bike, so you sold the Suzuki or you still have the no, Suzuki? No, no, I still got it. That's, you still got that. Uh, and yeah. then you got the truck. Your dad gave you the truck, the truck you yep. brought home from the hospital in. And then you bought yes. two Ducatis. What Ducatis do you own? I have a 999S oh, really? and an ST4. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know you had a 999S. That's a great bike. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, see... What you know, before I was really watching too much Top Gear, I, I uh, Cycle World was what I'd spend my uh, my uh, allowance on. And you know, when I was impressionable in in middle school, that was the bike ripping the wheelies on on uh, on the cover of Cycle World. So that was that was a dream bike. So when I got my first engineering job, I uh, I mean, I was so dumb and so irresponsible, but I managed to pull it off. I uh, I found this bike for sale at the um, Bellevue, Ducati Bellevue in Washington. Right. And um, I, got, I must have gotten rejected for like five different credit applications, but the <laughs> credit union finally gave me one and I, I paid it off pretty quickly. But it, it's, it, it was the dream bike when I was a kid and it, it's been great. Those bikes in Australia are quite expensive. They hold, they've, they've gone up in value, right? They're not a cheap bike, the 999. You know, I... I, I bought mine in 2015, right. and I have not really paid attention to, to prices at all. Right. I think when I bought it, it was probably that was eight or nine grand. Okay. And it, you know, okay. had it, I was the third owner, it hardly been ridden. It had like maybe nine thousand miles on it. Wow, that's great. But it's, I think it was one of the very early ones. That's kind of the best thing with bikes, isn't it? If you get the right one, they really haven't been ridden. People have bought them because they like the look of them. They sit them in their garage, they pamper them, and then they sell them. See, the, the thing with Ducatis, too, is, you know, you save a ton on insurance because, you know, people who buy Ducatis don't wrap them around trees. You, you compare insurance rates for, like, a comparable Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, whatever. It's going to be literally twice as much. Isn't that what they say about Ferrari insurance as well? that Ferrari insurance isn't that high. That's what I, I think someone told me that once. I didn't really believe it, but maybe that's true as well. I'll just, I, 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 I just tell the listeners, um, Chris, your Instagram so they can check it out while we're talking and they can see your car and they can see the bikes. Um, so it's um, C double underscore Klaus, K-L-A-U-S. So it's C double underscore Klaus, K-L-A-U-S. I'll put the yep. description, I'll put the link in the description as well so everyone can uh, go and look at your Instagram and give you a follow. Um, all right, so you've got the two bikes. Three. You know, three bikes, I should say, the two Ducatis plus the Suzuki. You got the three bikes, yep. you've got the pickup, you've got the truck. So then you think, okay, I've got another space in my garage. What are yeah, you going to start I, uh, searching for? And did you start searching for a Porsche first or were you looking at something else before you thought about the Porsche? So how, how that went is uh, when I first graduated, I moved up to Washington and I, I was only there for a little while and then uh, ended up getting out of that job and lived in Idaho for a bit with my folks. And then I, uh, ended up down here in Tucson and I'd been in Tucson for probably three, three years it would have been. And, you know, I, I was making a pretty good amount of money and, 
I, my truck kept the truck kept breaking down and I was, you know, every time I needed to go do something, I, I, I had to fix something on it. And so I was getting real sick of that. And so I, I started to think, Oh, maybe I'll get something newer. And so I wanted, cause I I'm into besides, you know, motorcycles, the car, the truck, I've, I'm also into, uh, rock climbing and then I, I like to go snowboarding. Right. And, um, and so I wanted something that was all wheel drive for, for snowboarding. And then, uh, I like driving manual, my truck's a manual. And, uh, then I, I didn't really need four doors. And so I, that, which is a very short list. And so I, very short. I was looking at buying new cars. And so I looked into the Audi A5 or a Mercedes C-Class coupe and then the Golf R. Right. And, uh, I, I went, I went, I went to the Audi dealership here in town and, uh, turns out I don't fit in an A5. Really? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm six foot four, which is, I think a little shy of two meters. Um, and, uh, and so all my heights in my torso and, you know, all these new cars have, have these sunroofs. <laughs> okay. And so like, I, so I didn't roof, fit the in roof's it. Low. Yeah. The roof yeah, is low. I have to sit there leaning over to, to my right. And, right. uh, so I didn't fit in that. And then I went over to the Mercedes dealership, didn't fit in that either. Uh, I fit in the golf just fine. Uh, and that one would have a manual, which would have been a benefit. But, you know, I was talking to my dad about it. He's like, Chris, you, you've, you've always wanted a Porsche. You, you know, you're not married. You got, you're making good money. Like go buy one. You can do it now. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so I, uh, started the hunt and, uh, that kind of led me to the 996 C4Ss because I, uh, you know, the 997s at that time were a little bit above my price range. And this would have been like late 2018, early 2019. Okay. And so I was, I, uh, kind of boiled it down to the, to the 996 and I wanted the C4S, um, mostly because of the, the all wheel drive, you know, you, you learn more about them and you, you learn a bunch of other benefits but I, I mostly wanted for the all-wheel drive and um so so I, hang on I, for a second chris so what made you think what made you think that you would fit into a 911 had you sat in one before oh i so i i went to the porsche dealership and told them <laughs> I, right. they, had, they had a 997 sitting out on the lot okay and uh i i told them hey i'm looking into buying one of these cars i want to make sure i can fit in one first right. <laughs> and so the, the the sales girl was like oh well we've got this one over here and what the, what was so funny it was just bucketing down rain at the time and this poor girl was like standing outside of the car <laughs> in the rain while i'm like yep i fit in here this is great not gonna buy it thanks bye and that's and, the thing uh, about 911s, isn't it? You do sit so low in the cabin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it has a sunroof, it doesn't take up all that. Well, the 997s and 996s don't. They don't take up all the extra roof space. They no, don't, my, like, mine's down. got the sunroof. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not a problem at all. Yeah, and mine has too. It's like it just sort of, I'm, I mean, I'm only six foot. I'm not as tall as you. But, yeah. you know, there does seem to be a lot of room in a 911, a lot more room than most people realize when you are actually tall. And especially yeah. if you're long in the torso, like you said, you know, there's, there's, there is an abundance of room. So you go to the Porsche dealer, you work out that you can fit. So then you realize you want the 996. You want a Carrera 4, a Carrera 4 or a Carrera 4S. Not so easy to find. Still a quite a rare car. Yeah. I, um, so I started, you know, all the, all the usual places online. Um, and all the ones I was finding were in Texas and California. Right. And like the, the, one, the one that got away that the Mercedes dealership in Santa Fe, New Mexico, 
there was a gorgeous cobalt blue one and I called them, you know, hours too late that, and it just had a fresh windshield put on too. Oh man, that, that, that was definitely the one that got away, but, uh, most of them were in Texas and California. And then one, uh, one Saturday, uh, I'm sitting there doing all my searches in the afternoon and one pops up here in Tucson. Right. And, uh, so I, I saw, and I was like, that's the car. I, I knew it as soon as I saw it. And I, I email the, it was on auto trader, I believe. And I emailed the guy and I was like, Hey, I've been searching for this car for months. This is perfect. I'm here local, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And so I, I send that off and I, I get a call about nine in the morning on Sunday. And he, uh, he's like, Hey, I, I had somebody come by and he was trying to lowball me. I told him get out of here and stop wasting my time. I've got another guy coming by at about two this afternoon. If, but if you want to come look at it, you can. And I was just like, can I come now? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. And so I just <laughs> dropped everything, drove all the way across town. And, you know, as soon as I'd seen it, I, you know, cashed out my investment account and I was like, this is the car. And so. Because you're talking about a, a Carrera 4S and you're talking about mm-hmm. a Carrera 4S in manual, which is even yes. rarer, right? Because most of them are tips. Most of them were tips and most people spec'd them in tips. It's a bit like the turbo, the 996 turbo. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tips. There's not as many manuals as you think. Yeah. So it's quite rare. Does he realize yeah. that he's got something quite rare? Does he price it accordingly? Ugh. So um, the price back then, and I, you know, I'm not too squeamish about talking numbers. But, okay. um, so it, it, it was, this was April of 2019. Yes. And uh, the car had 67,000 miles on it. Yeah. You know, origi- original yeah. owner. And he had bought it at Porsche of Tucson. It had only ever been serviced there except for like the IMS bearing. He had, you know, got to take that to an independent. But, um, and so he, he was asking 33 for it, which was slightly high at the time for the mileage. And, um, but, you know, original owner and that kind of history, I've got every receipt back to new and you, you just can't replace that. So especially once I actually got to see the, the condition of the car in person. And so, um, he, uh, when he, when he called me, I, besides saying, I'm going to be there I, before I got to that, I just, I just, I was trying to prove to him that, you know, I was going to take care of his car cause he, he really cared about it. Come to find out he was uh, selling it because of, he'd had some, uh, some health issues. Right. Um, you know, it, it was his, definitely his baby. It's not like he, he really wanted to sell. He just hadn't been driving it at all because of his, because of his health. Okay. And so, you know, go over there, check out the car. It's, you know, perfect. Like he, he, this, he was, he was, uh, extremely fastidious with his, with the car. He, um, it had never been driven in the rain. Um, nobody had ever ridden in the back seat. <laughs> which, which you, you, you know, I'll tell the listeners, Chris sent me that by DM on Instagram and told me that. And I thought, how do you ride, how do you drive a 911 in Tucson? And don't drive it in the rain or don't drive it in bad weather, right? Surely that's that's a that's that limits the amount of time you can drive this car. Yeah, I I, I really don't get it. He he had another car and then he said he actually a lot of the miles were back and forth to uh, California to go visit one of his daughters, but uh he's a really super interesting guy. He it was his third nine eleven he'd had. The first one was an early eighties turbo that he'd bought used. Okay. And I, I don't really know how long he had that one, but his second nine eleven was actually a speed yellow arrow kit nine nine three C two, I believe, that he took wow. European delivery on. Wow. And uh he had actually sold that to another young engineer. And um 
so he, he kind of liked the, you know, continuing on that, but, uh, he, you know, he got rid of it cause you know, it is very hot in Tucson and he said that it just, you know, the cooling system just really wasn't up to it, especially sitting in traffic. And then also speed yellow with an arrow kit, you know, it's, it's kind of a polar opposite from my car, which we haven't even really discussed all the specs on it yet, but, uh, it's very kind of flashy. And so he got a little bit more attention than he was, than he was wanting. So he's a true enthusiast, you know, and he's owned three. This one mm-hmm. he's owned since new. I mean, it's a rare yep. find. In itself, it's a rare find, isn't it, Chris? I mean, you've got a 996, you've got a Carrera 4S, you've got a manual. Um, maybe I'm getting confused with the weather in Tucson. Is it really, it's really hot summers and really cold winters, is it? Uh, hot summers, it's cold right now, but usually it's, it's pretty mild winters. We, get a, we got, get a lot of snowbirds here for a reason. Right. Uh, the, uh, you know, folks come down from the Midwest or whatever, but... Um, and it, it does rain. Uh, we have a, what's called the monsoon season, and uh, but you know it it's, it doesn't rain that much. But it is kind of a, a shame that he wasn't you know enjoying it a bit more. So there's still, I mean, it, it's different for you because you drive your car all the time. But there's still enough yeah. driving days in the year for people who don't want to drive it in bad weather. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. All right, so tell the listeners exactly what what the gentleman had. So you go to his house, you see this car, you know you want it straight away. You're working yes. out how to get the money to him as quickly as possible before someone comes else, someone else comes in and buys it oh, for yeah. you. So, what exactly did you find, and what were the options that you that you know about on the car? So, it is a 2004 911 C4S Arctic Silver over black with a manual. Um, I should have grabbed the little spec sheet with all the numbers, but it's got had the the Bose radio, not the base one. There's like a middle Bose radio. Okay. It didn't have the double din one. And then um, I think it had the it has a sports exhaust. Definitely makes an, uh, a change. I really like that. I think it has the better headlights too. Has the uh, electronic electronic headlights or xenon headlights? And I forget whether it was xenons or them. Uh, not really sure. Probably xenons. I, yeah, I don't know. Nine nine six electronic or xenons? Maybe it's xenons. Which is, which is, you know, the two things that we always talk about on the podcast. The two main things that you want are good headlights. You want yep. a manual. And you want uh, exhaust, sports exhaust. Yeah, really. Definitely. That's the, those three options so, to me are the are the key options in any 911. Even if you're looking at a one, new one today, I think the one thing, the, the the okay, two two things I really wish it had were the the color matched hardback seats because uh, those nice. those looks look so cool from yeah, the back. Do. You get to see the the pop of color inside. Um, and the, the one thing I really wish it had was the uh, auto dimming mirrors. Oh, right, because. Yeah, yeah. It's just the perfect height to where you know there's everyone drives trucks around here, and so you just your <laughs> eyes just get murdered at night by yeah. somebody behind you. But um, also the other thing too is you can easily piggyback off of that to uh, pretty seamlessly put up a uh, radar detector and right. get, get power from there, and then you don't have to have uh, you know batteries or whatever. Oh uh, right, the but, power's there. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, as far as things I've done to the car, uh, like I mentioned on, on Instagram, that I've. Uh, I installed the PCCM PCCM yeah. Plus by let's itself. Come, let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. Let's just go yeah. back to the car, right? So you, you're buying mm-hmm. the car off this guy. He's meticulous. You know, yes. you tell me he he air conditions the he he vacuums the or cleans the air conditioning ducts. Oh or something. yeah, he, what was he would that? clean once annually. He'd go in with a paintbrush and clean out the air conditioning ducts. And then uh, my favorite my favorite receipt that I've got is that he actually had the side the side and top of the seats reupholstered in genuine Porsche leather to the tune of like $7,000. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. 
Oh yeah. So now they're fresh. <laughs> but I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you're buying from this guy. He's a nice guy. He's had Porsches before. He's an enthusiast, right? He's local oh, yeah. in your area. You know, the car's a rare one. What do you do though, Chris? Do you decide that I still need to get an inspection on this car? You know the thing about PPIs. I, did you do an inspection, or you thought it's too yeah, good? Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that one was going to come. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did not get an inspection done. Um, so, you know, we, I, I, I went off with the, you know, what we, what you often say is a, a buy, buying the seller. Yes. So I, I definitely bought the seller on this one. Um, and then on top of that, there was twenty guys in Tucson. Never mind everyone online lined up behind me to buy this car. Right. And so I, uh, I pretty much just trusted him and, uh, went for it. And, you know, it, it really, it didn't, it, w- it wasn't too bad. You know, I, at, at the 60, you know, 70,000 mile ish point, you know, a lot of cars tend to need some big maintenance items. Um, uh, for with the first time I took in for service, uh, at the dealership here, it ended up needing, um, I think it was a water pump and, uh, the spark plugs. So kind of, that, kind of a big first it. bill. That's it though. But that was, that, you know, that was it. So those are pretty normal. You would expect those at that, at that, about that mileage. Yeah. And I think what you just said is, is, you know, we always harp on about, we always go on about PPIs, but you know, in that situation, when you are, when you do find a car that's quite rare and you can know there's other people wanting it, um, you have to sort of make a quick decision, don't you? And that's, that's what yeah. you did. And you know, it's it's emotional as well because you know you want the car, but it's also because of the fact that this guy has looked after it. You said the IMS was done, so he had the receipts for yeah. the IMS as well. Yeah. So, you know, major things. So, you know you're going to be hit with a bill. You're going to get a bill of some sorts, but that bill is going to be, like you said, it's going to be for general 60,000 mile, 100,000 kilometer, you know, maintenance items, which yeah. water pump, common, spark plugs, common, um, you know, did it need new tires or anything like that or the tires were okay? Uh, no, the tires were fine. Uh, I think I got another probably year or so on tires that I ended up having to replace some of the front tires because of a different incident we can get into involving hitting a rock on my way to work. But, uh, uh, I can, that's definitely my biggest piece of advice is do not hit rocks. So let's go back to that day though. So you get, you, you go to his house, you look at the car, you you manage to get the funds to him pretty quickly. Tell the listeners. And we always like to know that first drive, that first experience driving it out of, out of the guy's driveway, driving it back home. Did you take the long way home or did you wait for a, for a greater, for a better day to take it for a, for a spin? Um, you know, that, that first drive home, it it was, yeah, we, cause I, I had to set up financing and we, that was Sunday. I, I got, you know, I tried to put in for funding on that day and got approved through, through Wells Fargo and, then we just met at a Wells Fargo after work on, on, on Monday evening and, you know, did everything, got him the check. And then we got it, you know, got everything notarized and everything. Was, and, uh, it was right at sunset and, uh, driving home. Oh man, it, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, you know, it was only, it was only the second Porsche I'd ever driven. The first, the first one was a Cayenne turbo. might've been a turbo S. Okay that uh one of my dad's friends had let me drive up in scottsdale and then i'd ridden in a 944 but this was the first 911 i'd ever ridden in or driven and uh it was just as cool as everyone said and uh i i remember i pulled off on kind of like this windy road that we have here in tucson and it was sunset and 
I, I, I just had to take a picture of it. And, and just look at the car. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was amazing. That's still one of my favorite <laughs> pictures. The first is the first one I took it after I bought it. And, um, you know, after that, I, I, it wasn't too long before I was, uh, up on Mount Lemon, which we'll get to at the, you know, whenever you talk about driving roads here at the end, but yeah, no, I'm pretty much immediately, I, I was taking it out to, to go enjoy it. Okay. So you've owned the cars, you've owned the 911 for how long now? Two years almost. Uh, yeah. Well, no, almost three. Almost uh, three years. Three in April. You had to get that first bit of maintenance done when you picked it up. Yep. How has the ownership experience been since then? Has there any, have any other issues come up that you've had to fix with the car or has it been very reliable? Well, the, the main one was like I alluded to before uh, with the rock. So I, I was driving to work one morning and uh, there's, a, there's a quarry near, near, near my work. And, uh, they, you know, they've got dump trucks coming and going all the time and they put all sorts of crap on the road. And so I'm driving along to like 60 miles an hour on a two lane road. There's a full line of traffic coming the other way. This, this rock, the size of about a softball comes rolling directly across my lane. Wow. I didn't try to avoid it or anything. I just held on. Yeah. Bam. Hit hit it. And so I, uh, I drove through it. You know, didn't pop a tire or anything. I, I get in, I go drive to work. You know, as soon as I park it, I dive on the ground. I'm looking under the car trying to see where it, because I, I nailed that thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I couldn't see any leaks. I couldn't see any obvious dents. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I guess it, maybe it just hit the floor and I got lucky. So I, uh, after that, we, my girlfriend and I went on a big trip through California, which we can get to later, but, uh, Lots of driving. And then I, after that, I took it in for a, a, a service and they said, oh, you need, we, you're coming up on the brakes. And I asked them how much it was going to be. And it was, they quoted me like $3,500. And I said, no way, I'll do that myself. And so uh, I bought a lift and it was doing the brakes myself. And I took off the front passenger wheel and I found where the rock hit. So it hit on the inside lip of the front passenger wheel right and dented that in i'd been driving on it for maybe three thousand miles hadn't even realized i'm I'm amazed it didn't cause a vibration um and took a pretty good chunk out of the sidewall which i was very very scary especially considering the trip we'd been on yeah and um so had to buy a wheel had to buy a tire ended up buying the other front tire just you know so they matched and then i uh that was in summer 2019 and then i think about january 2020 i had taken it in for another service because i on on another trip up to idaho uh the radiator had started leaking okay and uh so i when when that happened i i called up the the porsche dealership in in boise and they said well you know they're not going to have a radiator for a you know 17 year old Mm -hmm. car at that point and so they, they're like, well, if it didn't barf out all of its coolant, then you'll probably be okay to limp it home. So I went and bought some extra coolant from them and I, I did get it home, but I set up a, I set up an appointment at the dealership here. And, uh, so I get it in there and they're like, yeah, the radiator's toast, but Hey, we noticed your front differential is also leaking. All right. And so to get the, you know, the, those seals are a wear item. Yeah. Okay, fine. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and do that. Well, to get when they, the- when they try to get to get in there, you have to completely blow apart the front suspension because of the axles. Right. 
And so that's when they figured out that the lower control arm was basically welded into the uh, wheel carrier, right. which I'm pretty sure happened because of the impact. Yeah. And so the wheel carrier by itself is a grand. And they told me I got the last one in North America. Wow. And uh, the wheel carrier plus the seals plus the radiator was a, a very one. painful trip. That's oh, a very yeah, big that one. Was, that yeah. was a big one. Because the radiators alone are quite expensive, aren't they? So I've heard um, they're quite expensive. Uh, you no? know, I having done some other stuff in that area myself now, I kind of wish I'd done the radiator myself. It wouldn't have been so bad. Like you can get them off uh, FCP Euro. I think it was like, might've been 450 for the OE Porsche one. You could get the non-branded one for like three something. I've seen someone do that online actually. It doesn't look well. It doesn't look that difficult with someone that's mechanical, that's for sure, to change the yeah. radio to change the radio. Yeah. Did that happen from stones though, Chris? Is that why the radio was damaged or was it leaking from no, uh, one of the no, hoses? No, it was just leaking. No, it was leaking right where, you know, the plastic bits on the side meets meets the the, the aluminum core in the middle, which is, you know, any any modern radiator, that's usually where they're gonna leak. Um yeah. but but yeah, so that was a very painful experience. And then to follow it up. Uh, that was, that was January of 2020 in like October of 20 or it might've been September right. of 2020. Um, I'd been on another road trip and, uh, I noticed a pretty distinct pull in the, in the suspension and okay. we take it in and, uh, it's that same corner that they'd done all that work on. And there's a problem with the, uh, caster, I believe, which is like the one thing that's not adjustable in those suspension from the factory, unless you've got the GT3 lower control arms, which right. is a pretty common upgrade. And uh, so they they had my car for two months. Wow. <laughs> so what were they yeah. changing? What was the part they're changing though? So they, they were just fussing with the alignment. And, um, you know, they changed out a lot of eccentric bolts right. and it just stumped them for about a month. Right. And then they handed it over to another guy who used to work at the dealership, now works for the same company at the Audi dealership right next door. Right. And then he fixed it. And then <laughs> they were moving my car around in the shop and they ran it into a parked Cayenne. What? Yes. They, the, the service manager ran it into a parked car and okay. they uh, ended up repainting the whole front bumper for me and uh, redoing the PPF on there. But the, the, How did you it, feel about that, though? Was that was that enough compensation for you? I know they have to fix it, but was that uh, enough compensation? Since they've, you know, this car probably hasn't had a front end respray, right? It, it had actually. It had. So okay. that 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 lessened the blow a little bit. Is the the original owner had had the front resprayed um, just because he, you know, was doing a lot of trips back and forth to California, and there's just so many little rocks here on the road that right. it, it really got in stone chipped a lot, and so he had it resprayed. So it was not original paint, which which okay. definitely makes it hurt a little less. But yes, yes, yes it was very, very frustrating. Fortunately, I, I had a uh, loner Macan right. through that whole deal, so I, I had about I put 1,800 miles on their car. That's crazy. Two months. Your car, your 911's in there for two months while they're trying to work this out. So they just couldn't, they just couldn't work it out. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then they had to fix it, and then the front end damage. So, does this make you does this make you want to download the nine nine six workshop manual and start thinking, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Am I going to start doing more repairs to my car? Is this what you start thinking? So, 
you know, with a lot, like, so my, my, I'm a mechanical engineer. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I can fully appreciate, uh, and I also specifically, I design custom tools. Right. So like, you know, a lot of the special tools that they would use on, on these cars. Um, and uh, I, so I have, a, I have an appreciation for that kind of stuff. And alignment is something that, you know, I, I just won't touch alignment because that's, that's, that's too, like the, 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 the new equipment that they have is so specialized that I, I, I'm just going to pay somebody to do that. But I, I do do a, suit, a pretty good amount of stuff myself. Like I got myself um, this thing called a quick jack. Right. And, and it's that I bought that when I did the brake job and I use that thing all the time. You know, I've got, I've got a second set of wheels for the car and I'm, you know, with a cordless impact, you know, if you're Easy. quick about it, you can change a set of wheels in half an hour. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the, the, the things you've added to the car. Let's not talk about the things that have gone wrong. Let's talk about the, the fun things, the things you've added, the options or the non-factory options. What have you added to the car since you've owned the car, Chris? So I added the uh, function for shift kit. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty easy deal. Um, I, I think there was, a, there was a definite improvement. Right. Um, you know, it was like... I can't remember. I, I did that pretty early on. That was, I think it was like 200 ish bucks. A few hundred, and, you yeah. know, just some, do it on the counter in the kitchen. It was fine. Can I ask you a um, question before you go further? Do you have the short shift kit in your Carrera 4S or is it just the normal shifter? Is it just longer normal for it? Normal one. Normal one, yeah. And, uh, and then I have the other set of wheels. Like I mentioned, those are the 993 Turbo Twists that I bought off, bought them off eBay and they were somebody else's spare wheels. And I, uh, repainted them myself just with uh you know did it on the backyard with some some rust rust-oleum right. and came out pretty well and then put some nice fresh center caps on there and the continental dws 06s and uh that also i have to run um so for the fronts they don't clear the calipers right i was wondering so, about that yeah yeah they, they don't so uh for the backs they clear just fine but the fronts you have to run at least a it's really close. It's like you can get away with like a five or a seven millimeter spacer, but I ended up going with a 15 millimeter spacer from uh, flat six. Okay. And I, I did that because it comes as a nice kit, comes with the, the longer bolts, the wheel bolts. And, uh, you know, it really, it really made the fitment quite nice on the front. And I'd bought only one set for the front initially just for the space. And then I saw the rears that were all sucked in there and I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. So I immediately had to... Yeah. Buy, buy the other ones yeah. but um but yeah so i got the spacers on those and uh those ones are great those tire i i really like those tires those are my my winter tires they're not full-on like snow tires but they're the most aggressive all seasons that continental will sell you and they do great in the snow what are and, they called uh, again chris the tires the dws06 and that's what you have on your car now. Well, that's that's for the winter set. Uh, my my silver wheels, um, those are PS2s. The the Porsche spec yep. Michelin PS2s. I so think, the black wheels, the black wheels that are on your car now, the winter wheels, they're the ones you bought. Uh, yeah, they're the second set. They look really cool. They look very very cool. Yeah, I I like you know I go back and forth. I I like the contrast with the black, but uh, the silver's definitely grown on me. I've I've actually got the silver on there right now. Um, I. I swapped it right after I got back from Colorado recently. Right. And, um, you know, one, one of my main Porsche buddies, Anthony, he, he, he always advocates for the silver ones. And I, I've had those black ones on for about the last two months and I having the silver ones back on, I, I really like them. But, uh, as far as, as far as other mods, uh, I've got the, the Yakima ski box. It's the, 
uh, Skybox Low. Right. And it's the longer one that they offer. I actually, I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware of uh, Brock, who does 996 Road Trip on Instagram. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I pretty much ripped off a lot of his uh, his stuff that he runs. So he, he also does the 993 Turbo Twists. Yeah. And then that was the ski box he had originally. Um, I think he's like partnered with Yakima now or something. And right. uh, they, they sent him a newer one. But uh, yeah, and then the, the, the Porsche roof bars, which fortunately they still make. Okay. So I was able to get those. Let me ask you a question about this because I had uh, Owner Stories, which is number, um, number 64, I think it is, with uh, Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a box. He's got the toolbox, um, or toolie, whatever, however you pronounce it, toolbox. Uh-huh. And he's got it on Porsche racks as well. It's better to put it on Porsche racks, right? Porsche bars than putting it on the aftermarket bars of Thule or uh, someone else, or not. You know, I I think Porsche may be the only ones that sell those bars. Are they? When I, when I was looking into it, and it's like it's like five hundred bucks. There's a whole system for it. it it's one bolt of all well, the. I mean, two bolts per bar, so one on each end. And, uh, you know, you flip up the little, the little hatch there and you, you bolted right on there. So I, you know, I, I was not about to screw with any kind of like one of those ones that clamp onto the edge of the, the rain yeah. gutters or whatever. Yeah. But so yeah, what about it's, the, it's def- sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go for it. What about the, the box though? Why did you pick that brand? So I went with the Yakima, um, Two two big things that sold me on it. Number one, there was a big sale happening at REI, <laughs> okay. so I was able to get it like twenty percent off. Right. And then number two, uh, it opens from both sides. Ah, oh, okay. Which is really nice. You know, it's the with how low the car is. It's it with like I've thought about it. If it only opened from one side, it'd be a huge pain in the ass to try to work the the clamp mechanism to put it on there and to, to reach stuff. It's just it's just nice to have it open from both sides. And it's got a, I mean, I'm asking you these questions because I'm a bit of a fan of the, of the roof box, as I don't know mm-hmm. whether you know. And I've been thinking about putting one on my car. So it's quite low profile, though, isn't it? It's yeah. a very low no. profile. It seems a lot lower profile than the tool ones. Yeah. So, like, so this one is the Carbonite, Skybox Carbonite Low. So it's okay. specifically the lower, lower uh, height one. And, you know, we, I took it up to Colorado this year and we, um, I, we took it off of my car and we put it onto my mom's uh, RAV4 and right. we were able to easily fit three people's kit for a day of skiing in there. So it's it's plenty big. You can fit all sorts of stuff in there. It's great. I yeah, love it. looks great. Fantastic. And it, get, it means you can have fun with a car. You can drive the car whenever you want, really, because you've got the, you've got the storage space. You know, and with the storage spaces, like there's a ton of space behind the seats. Trip. Like uh, that big trip my girlfriend and I went on in 2019, we didn't have the box and we were in the car for 10 days all through California. And, um, you know, we put everything behind the seats and it's just so much easier to throw it in the box yeah. and you don't have everything stuffed inside and, you know, it's out of your view and I, it's, it's just a lot easier. So with the, with the box on the roof though, on a 911, <clears throat> do you have to be you know, conscious of your speed? Do you, do you hear the noise? Is there any limitations to it or there's no limitations uh, at all? Yeah, I mean, obviously no, you have you, to pack it correctly, right? You have to wait. Yeah. Properly. Yeah. Um, with, with the noise, you do notice, a li- I mean, you know, any nine eleven is pretty loud with road noise as f- anyway. Yeah. Um, you've got such like, you know, the, the wheels on my car, the, the silver ones are 11 inches wide. So you run two ninety fives and, yeah. They're, they're pretty loud. And so like the, there is some more wind noise. 
Um, it doesn't really affect uh, mileage, you know, like okay. Brock, 996 Road Trip, he, he always says it only, you know, subtracts one or so from from his mileage. And, you know, when I when I did my most recent trip, I was, yeah, I made sure to like reset the computer and everything and right. check my mileage. I was getting almost 25 miles per gallon. Wow. And uh, as far as speed, um, doesn't make I, any I, difference. I, no, <laughs> I, I've... Well, I've taken it up to uh, go to jail speed, and okay. it was just fine. That's so. fine. Okay, good to know. Good to know. You know, going back to 996 Road Trip, um, I don't know mm-hmm. what's, what about his suspension that he runs on his car? Is that something that you've been looking at? Would you change your suspension, or are you finding it's okay uh, for the journeys you're doing? He, he has it slightly lowered, actually. Um, I, you know, I've thought about that. I've thought about going... I, I wouldn't lower it. Right. You know, the, the stance does look good, lower it a little bit, but I, I mean, it's plenty low as it is. I've, I've definitely, I'm on my third front lip. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty okay with how low it is right now. I think if I was going to do anything, I might want to go to like a, a KW variant, one of, one of those and have it tuned up nice. But, you know, for the, for this car, I want to keep it around. It's just, it's such a good all around car. Eventually, you know, once I'm done with, I'm, I'm doing a master's right now. I'm doing an, an MBA. Right. And, uh, I'd like to go on and get into management or maybe, you know, get into a startup or start my own company or something. And eventually in some hopeful future where I have enough money to have another Porsche, uh, I'd like to get something a little bit more hardcore, you know, like a, a GT three and keep this as a, like a nice everyday car. So I, I'm not really, I don't really want to make it any more harsh than it is. Yeah. And what, what's interesting is, you know, having the two sets of wheels uh there's a huge it's it's really cool experiencing the car on different tires because i i have there's a, such a huge difference between the continentals and the ps2s um yeah no what's what one thing that's really nice about the continentals is they're way cheaper right. like i got that whole set of tires for 600 bucks on wow. amazon prime delivered to my house in two days cheap uh, and so and they and they wear a lot longer too so like with the ps2s they especially you know it's got a little bit of negative camber from the factory so they eat that inside corner on the yes, rears yes and uh and so you know I don't, I don't worry about it at all with the continentals you know if i've got to replace the rears on that one whatever yeah it's okay it, it's okay yeah so let's talk about let's talk about the pccm plus though because i know there's a lot of 996 owners that listen to the podcast oh uh, yes and a lot of 996 owners are hesitant to get it because they go it's way too expensive can you believe Porsche charged me that much to install that? You know, like it's crazy, but I really so, like it, but I just can't do it. Tell them what you did. Yeah. So my, you know, like, like I mentioned, I'm in grad school. And so I, I, I am trying as much. I, I'm impressed by this, by the way. I'm very impressed. <laughs> um, as much as I try to like uh, save money on all my stupid hobbies, I, I end up spending money on my car anyway. But well, I, I'd seen it come out. And I was like, oh man, that's really cool. I'd like to get that someday. But I was like, eh, you know, 1200 bucks. I don't need to spend that right now. And so yeah. what happened is that my cup holder that's right, right above the, the radio, it broke. And right. so I went to go buy a new one and uh, I, I bought the new one. And I was trying to install it and I, I can't remember exactly why, but I needed to take out the radio and I, uh, some some part of the radio release mechanism was broken right. and 
uh, in my struggles, I cracked the screen on the radio. Oh, okay. So my my broken cup holder then precipitated into <laughs> me buying the PCCM Plus. <laughs> and so I, uh, you know, I, I and this I was not online. on purpose, right? This is not on purpose. This was definitely not on purpose. <laughs> I, I I'd actually added a Bluetooth radio thing before. Oh, okay. A different one uh, that just had one little interface button, and you know, I had a microphone, and it actually worked pretty well. Okay, but I, I can't remember the brand of that one, and it, it worked out pretty well. But right. yeah, I cracked that screen, and I just, I just couldn't look at it. So I, so that was it. You I went call to up Sun. I went. I call up Suncoast, <laughs> as most people do, because they've got the best prices by far on them. Yes, and I, I ordered the kit, and uh, unfortunately, in their kit, they send you. They send you, you know, the whole unit, and they also send you the um, the little trim ring to re- to mo- relocate your your uh, AC controls. And so, with my car, it had a single DIN radio. If you had the double DIN radio originally, um, it's a little bit easier. But with the single DIN, what you have to do is you have to move the AC controls from the top spot on the stack to the bottom. Right. And they send you they send you the little trim ring for that. And then on the bottom stack, mine had the CD holder and a cubby. Right. Uh, so CD holder above, cubby below. So then you have to also buy a cubby that goes above where your AC is going to be. Oh, okay. And then uh, you also have to buy the support frame for the double DIN unit. And I, I really wish they would have included that on the on the thing because you know going in and trying to do it myself i i quickly discovered that i needed to do that and i saw people there were some people online doing some uh they were basically taking a dremel to the to the single din one and it right. I, I it just you know the, the the frame is like 60 bucks and it was easy enough to get so i, yeah. I just bought yeah. it I, I didn't want i didn't feel like screwing around with that and so uh yeah you have to buy the cubby for the lower stack and then you have to buy the the frame, the double dim frame for the upper stack. And then the one irreversible thing I did was that there's a metal frame behind that where there was two rivets that I drilled out that have a little support deal for the single din radio. Right. But it, you know, it was, it was either going to drill out those rivets or I could buy the one for the double din. And that one was like $300. So I was like, nah, I'll drill out a couple of rivets for 300 bucks. And so that took a little while, uh, you know, as I was, figuring out all the parts I needed. And then I finally get it all installed. And the first real big uh, stop that right. had me freaked out with that was um, I, I got it all plugged in. I got everything sorted. Um, probably the most, the most nuanced bit of the install is where you put the microphone. Okay. And so uh, from the factory, the doubled in radios had a voice control on them. And so there's a spot to the left of the gauge cluster where there's a factory microphone on all cars. They just put them on all of them. It's just not plugged in for a lot. Yep. And so I had already replaced that when I did the previous Bluetooth unit. Right. And uh, I found a really useful video online on YouTube. And um, the trick is you, because you have to take off the, the cluster. And the trick is to roll down your window and stand outside of the car when you're trying to get all of those pl- all of the wire plugs in for your for your gauges. Right. Um, and so I'd already I'd already done that once before, so that part was pretty easy. But I got I got everything situated. I put the uh, the plug-in unit with your USB and your phone hookup and everything. I put that in my glove box. 
Oh, that's good. Because I, I never like where. Like. Yeah, it's much better when it's hidden away, right? It's oh, always yeah. underneath no. the unit. Looks a bit ugly. Yeah. No, I don't like it. And what's annoying too is the the wire length between the head unit and that that plug-in box yeah. is really short. And oh, okay. so I think on the right-hand car, right-hand drive cars, you don't really have a choice. You kind of have to put it underneath. But oh, on the left-hand okay. drive cars, it's where it's located. You know where the plug is on the back of the head unit. You can put it in the glove box, and okay. I, I put it in there. I put my phone in there. It's great because the the previous phone mount I was using was the uh, the Renline one. Yes, which they have a really slick one where you kind of pop off the the little knee pad uh, in the passenger side, and it goes in there. And that that one's all right, except it's pretty much it puts your phone exactly where your passenger's knee wants to be yeah true so my my girlfriend was always pretty annoyed with that but um it's a popular mount though it's a popular mount most people a lot of people have that mount that rain line one yeah it, it works out all right but I, I definitely prefer just not having to look at my phone at all so i, I, I plug it in put it in the glove box done. perfect okay chris so how many hours did it take you to do that if anyone's listening and thinking you know, we're oh going to save, we're going to save the two grand or the fifteen hundred installation or whatever the Porsche deals so, are charging. I mean, if you've already, if you've listened to me and you figured out that you need, okay, I need this frame, I need that, that, and the other. Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, you could probably do it in on one solid Saturday to do it full on. But you know, I I had already had the previous experience of putting that pre <laughs> exactly. that uh, that other. Bluetooth unit, and also I'm a mechanical engineer. School so like, level, school level nine, school level ten. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, the, the, what I was saying is the the one big uh, heart stopping deal was, you know, I finally got it all together. I'm hooking up my phone, and it keeps sending me this little error message of like, "Sorry, we can't hook up your phone while your car's in motion," right. and it would not stop. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my garage. What do you want? Yeah. And so finally, you know, I, I, I look on the forums, there's all these people trying to figure it out. They're like, Oh, maybe it's hooked up to the GPS unit. Maybe it's hooked up to a motion sensor in there. All these theories, people were trying to figure out who is the original manufacturer of the radio. Cause you know, Porsche isn't making it in, yeah. in Germany. It's some Chinese brand or whatever. And so I'm looking at all this stuff. And finally I, I call up Suncoast and I said, Hey, this thing's not working. It's saying I'm, my car's moving when it's not. And they say, oh, yeah, we've gotten a lot of calls about that. Um, what you should do is repin one of the connectors and, uh, you know, really get it in there and make sure it's seated. Right. And it's like, okay, I'm comfortable enough with that. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I did it. Same damn thing comes up. Okay. Finally, I do what I should have done the first time. I pop out the SD card, put it back in, and it works. Oh, really? That yeah. was it. <laughs> It was that, that was that it. I, I'd, I'd taken it out, put it back in five different times. And finally wow. I, I pop out the SD card that's in the head unit, put it back in and it, it's like, okay, here, you're not moving anymore. Good job. <laughs> but it's a, it's so, a worthwhile option, isn't it? It's a great, apparently by all, by all accounts, it's a great unit. Oh yeah, no, it's great. I, I love it. I, I listen, you know, Spotify, Audible, it'll run Waze or, uh, Google Maps, it's, you know, nice big display. One one thing that, you know, I thought about getting a different radio before that came out. And one thing I really liked about the original radio is it had that, you know, kind of nice amber look to it. And it really flowed with the rest of the cabin. Yeah. And I, I you know, I didn't want to screw with that. But, you know, the, the highest compliment is my, you know, my girlfriend, who's not a car person at all. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it looks like, you know, if I hadn't seen the other one, I wouldn't have known any different. It just goes with everything. Oh, that's good. That's good. It just fits perfectly. It doesn't disrupt 
the the rest of the cabin. Yeah, I hope they um I hope they bring it out for the nine nine seven soon. I will. I'm oh, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do sure it. I don't, I don't it. care about the price. I'm just going to do it. I think it's it's worthwhile. Yeah, my 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 friend that I mentioned earlier, Anthony, he's got a he's got a nine nine three C two S and a nine nine seven GT three. Wow. And he put the he put the PCCM plus in the in the nine nine three, and he really likes it. And as soon as they've got one for the nine nine seven, he's going to put one in. And that's a that's a great two car garage. Has he owned the um, C two S for a long time? Because they're crazy uh, prices now. Absolutely, even in the US. He bought it in twenty twenty, and that was like his COVID project. And he got a pretty good price for it. You know, it sounds crazy to telling any normal person what he paid for that it was yeah. it's just insane. But. He got considering he got a good price and uh, he, he really loves it. It's actually not just a C2S, it's a Vesuvio edition. Oh, really? And there's something like yes, yes. 13 or 16 in the country. It's, it's a really cool car. I, I've gotten to drive it once and it's. It's crazy though, because I saw this morning I had an email come through from Beverly Hills Car Club that I'm just, you know, subscribed to. And they had a 19, mm-hmm. 1998 993 C2S for $152,000. $142,000. So. Yeah, he 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 was under that, but it's <laughs> it's a really cool car. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, and you. So, sorry. What else? Anything else apart from the PCCM? That sounds like a big job. You've done that. You've done the. Uh, um, you got the wheels. Yeah, I did the the wheels, and then the other only other thing I've done is um, flat six motorsports will sell you an intake elbow. Right. So from the factory, it had like a little branch, which I I'm told is just for resonance. And so I, bu- I bought it from them, and I, I also bought a nice um, BCM, something like that, filter. Okay. And um, BMC, maybe. BCM. And, uh, B- yeah, BMC, the filters, yeah. Do they make any difference? Yeah, I keep asking. Other people have done that. I haven't I don't done know. mine. I, 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 think it, I think it sounded a little better. Maybe it's a little sharper. Right. Eh, I don't know. For, it was like 70 bucks for the elbow, and it looks nice. So that's, that's the only real thing I've, I've modified. Yeah, I keep I keep thinking about changing the filter and putting that filter in because it's such an easy thing. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it makes any eh. difference. People say yes. Some people say no. I don't know. Hey, so yeah. what else? Anything else planned? Any other mods? Or are you pretty much set? I mean, it sounds like your cars are very 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 sorted. Uh, not. I don't really plan on doing anything other than once these tires are done, I'm definitely going to put on the uh, PS4s instead of the PS2s. Okay. Um, they're actually they're they're a little bit cheaper. Actually, it was kind of weird. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go to those next. But anything else, I'd I'd pretty much just gonna keep it stock, and then eventually I'll get something a little bit more racy and just keep this as the comfy everyday car. I, I think probably the more interesting thing to talk about is all all the trips I've done. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. But with the tires, though, I think um, Steve did that. He changed his GT3. He put he changed his Cup Twos, and he put the um, PSS fours or whatever they call it on it, um, just for better all round sort of weather, you know, grip. Um, you know, I he says I, they're pretty good. He reckons they're pretty good, and I just watched that Chris Harris video. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a video on YouTube, Chris Harris, where he's talking about his 911 GT3 Touring. Oh yeah, I just and watched he, that. Did you watch that? And he said the same thing that he's put the t- those tires on there as well. Every, everything I've ever heard about Cup Twos is like, yeah, they're really great if the weather's perfect and you're you know going to drive them hard for a very short amount of time. But other than that, so let's. Exactly. Let's let's get on to the drives because, you know, like there's pictures on your Instagram and I want people to go and look at your Instagram, Instagram again. C double score underscore DC double underscore Klaus, K-L-A-U-S. That yep. image that you post, the last image, which may not be the last image when people are listening to it, but the image from December 27. You're driving in the snow. You've got the black wheels on. You've got the roof box. Yep. What drives are planned? 
What are the, what are the, where is that drive happening? That, that image, where's so that taken? That was up in uh, Colorado. My, my grandma's got a cabin up there. We went up there for Christmas and, uh, and that was just, you know, near her cabin. I dragged my brother out and made him stand out in the snow and take pictures of me. <laughs> but, uh, that, that was, that was a fun one. Uh, the, the next trip, I don't really know. I'm just kind of busy figuring out when I'm going to be done with grad. I'll, I'll be done with grad school here in August. So we haven't really pre- planned the next trip, but like the first big trip was, uh, back in summer of 2019, uh, you know, in the before times, my, my girlfriend and I, uh, so I went out to LA for a couple of days and hung out with my brother who lives there. And we went to, uh, the PEC there. Right. And then we drove directly from there to the Peterson museum, oh, beautiful. which I can't, you like, I, I can't recommend it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I was so sad because we, I missed the big Porsche exhibition they did. I bought, oh, I bought really? the coffee table book from it, but I missed the actual exhibition. And, yeah. uh, we did you, if you go, you have to do the vault tour. Yeah. And, uh, actually at a, at a recent thing, I met a guy who does the vault tours. He was, he was really cool. But, okay. um, but yeah, we did that. And then my girlfriend flew in. So we drove from LA down to San Diego and spent a couple of days there. And then we went from San Diego up highway one all the way to Monterey and quite, uh, romantically and dumbly, I wanted to stay on highway one as long as possible, which <laughs> through LA was a complete mistake. It was, it was absolutely miserable, but we cleared all of LA and, uh, I've done it now. I never have to do it again, but, uh, we drove up highway one to Monterey and it was absolutely beautiful. We stopped off a couple of times, you know, we saw the elephant seals and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but the problem was there was a lot of traffic. And yeah. so it was a long day and I, you know, it's all traffic first, second gear, first, second gear, first, second, second, first. It's not fun. Is and it? I keep saying this, it was it's not, not fun. No, it wasn't. And I, I got horribly dehydrated. Right. Like we got to the hotel in Monterey and I just, I just collapsed. And, uh, you know, my, my, my girlfriend's a nurse, so she, she kind of helped out a little bit, but I still felt like crap. And so we, uh, spent the night in Monterey and then we, uh, drove up to Yosemite from there. There's, there's a picture of that on, on my Instagram. And we, we pretty much just drove through Yosemite, drove through Yosemite and stopped off at, you know, the, yeah. saw, saw the sites and I'm a big rock climber. So like, you know, I can point out all the stuff up there. So I, I was geeking <laughs> out, but but um we uh went through there we camped out and uh that was that was pretty cool i i wanted to do more camping but it was right around the fourth of july and everything along highway one is first come first serve so it's it's kind of a crapshoot to try to try to find a camping spot i was going to ask you that question because you just said camping yeah and we know you can get the tent the roof tent for the 996 would you do it I am, I am anti-roof tent. I am ground tent all the way. Um, so I, when I was growing up, I was, in, I was in Boy Scouts. And right. so I, I, my, my whole childhood was camping around New Mexico. And so I am perfectly fine sleeping on the ground. And then and one of my, one of my buddies from engineering school, Phil, he, he's got a, um, Toyota Tacoma. He lives up in the Denver area. He, he, he's into kind of the overlanding stuff and he had a roof tent for a while right? and he sold it. So I, I am, I, yeah. I'm distinctly team ground tent because okay, it's, cool. it's a lot lighter, costs way less, <laughs> you know, easy I, to get into. Eat, well, I don't <laughs> you know, it, it is nice having a, a, 
it's always going to be a flat spot, but then you also have to park the car in a flat area. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much easier to do a ground tent. Here's a question I want to ask you, and I didn't ask you, and I've just seen the picture on your Instagram, and it's made me remember. There's a picture you took on June 16, 2019, where your car is covered in dust, and it says something like three oh, miles yeah. on dirt. And I want to go back to the car that you purchased. You purchased from this guy. He cleans his air conditioning ducts with, you know, Windex or whatever it is. It's meticulous. Oh, yeah. He doesn't drive it in the rain. Were you worried when you bought this car, because it was so cared for and it was reasonably pristine, that you didn't want to get it? You know, was it too precious? Was it going to be something too precious you didn't want to get dirty? Was that ever something that you thought about, Chris? You know, I, if, if you look, so it was taken care of very well. And I am very obsessive about, about cleaning. You know, I, right, right behind you, my screen here, I've got, I'm looking at my just wall of cleaning supplies. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've got my pressure washer, everything. So I, I'm, I'm really big on doing that stuff myself, doing that stuff myself, but like, it's not going to stop me from using the car. And the thing is, it wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe if this was a 15,000 mile car. Yeah. Okay. I could see it at that point, but it's a 67,000 mile car. Now, just on my, on the, on the way back from Colorado, it turned over 97. I've done, I put 30,000 miles on. Wow. So that's, I'm not, that's fantastic. it wasn't going to stop me. You put 30,000 so miles already. You're up to 97,000 yeah, miles. Wow. 90, that's fantastic. 97. And so it, you know, I, I can see that argument, but you know, I bought a Porsche because I want to drive it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I was not gonna, you know, I felt like, you know, I definitely had that hesitancy of like, Oh man, this guy would be pretty pissed if he <laughs> no, knew what I was that's doing what with I'm, this car, That's what but. I was thinking. I'm thinking, you know, you're doing that conversation with the guy <laughs> telling him you're going to be a good custodian of his, of his precious nine career 4S, you know? I mean, I think I've been a good custodian. <laughs> but you have, it it you looks have, great you still, yeah. you know, I, I, I challenge anyone to come up to it at a cars and coffee and there, there are some stone chips, but it's very well taken no. care of. As um, you know, I, as I, you know, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Oh, I mean, yeah. It means that you drive it really well. You know, you're enjoying the car. Um, you're still cleaning it. You're still, you know, you still got that thing that we all do that, you know, all the products, oh, yeah. that craziness when I, where we buy product back, after product. When I got back from Colorado, I, the next morning it was up on the lift wheels off scrubbing in the wheel wells making Fantastic. sure everything was real clean i scrubbed as much as i could on the underside you know i i, I waxed it right before i left on that trip oh, okay. and uh so it yeah it I, I do take really good care of it and it's got it's got pfef for most of the front clip the front bumper and then halfway up the hood and of okay. course there's stone chips right behind where it stops on the hood but yeah of course oh, well, what are you gonna do yeah but uh but no, I, I, I am very uh, – But there's such minor things, you know. Like you said, you know, you can get it covered in dirt. You can wash it. You can clean it. You can take the wheels off. Everything is – you know, most things like that, are, they're not such a big deal, are they, really? They're not such yeah. a big deal. So yeah. we touched on the drives. We're getting to the end of the podcast, but we touched on the drives. But if someone's coming to Tucson, if someone's coming to, to your, your region, are there some fantastic roads there that you would recommend – for Porsche owners or sports car owners to go out and drive on? So the, the big one here in Tucson, anyone who lives here is uh, Mount Lemon, the, the scenic byway up there. And I, I driven all over it on the, on the motorcycles before I got the car. And the, the thing with Mount Lemon is, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun road. Uh, unfortunately, it's also extremely popular with bicyclists. And so you got to be real careful about avoiding them. Uh, but the problem is that there's a town up on top. And so because of that, they, uh, 
there's a the, the sheriff's department who's patrolling it the whole time and the speed limit is 35. Right. And so uh it's pretty heavily enforced and but it, it is it is a pretty fun road. Um there there are some other fun little roads. Like I, I enjoy a trip down to uh to Patagonia, Arizona. So I'll go down there for coffee sometimes. My girlfriend likes to go down on that drive. Or uh another fun drive from Tucson. Uh you can it's a bit of a hike, but you can go do the 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 road up to the Kitts Peak Observatory. Right. And that that's a really fun road. And that one, that one has a little bit less traffic because there's not a town on top of it. But um yeah, I I've I've done a pretty good amount of driving around here. I I'm trying to think of other fun ones. But Mount Mount Lemon is really the 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 main one. Okay, so you're in you're in a good region then. It's a good region for for driving. I mean, there's plenty of roads nearby, so there's lots of fun to be had. Um, mm-hmm. What about what about driving overseas? Is that is that something that's on your on your on your bucket list to do? To go and and take a Porsche and drive it in Europe somewhere, hire a car. Is that something you'd like to do? Yeah, um, I you know back before the Turbo V6s came in, I used to be super super into Formula One. And, uh, you know, once it became the Mercedes show, I was pretty much done watching, but, um, I still watch it. <laughs> I, I watched the last race. I yeah, watched I that one. That one was good. Yeah, but, I uh, I, I was quite happy to see Hamilton lose, but, um, I, cause I, I used to be a big Ferrari fan, but, right. uh, cause that, that, that season when Kimi won was pretty, pretty formative. And, um, but I, you know, of course I'd love to go do, the Nürburgring and, you know, go see spa. And so I, I think kind of like a, a dream scenario is, you know, maybe if I could take my dad and my brother over to, over to Germany and go see the Nürburgring 24 yeah. and yeah. go to spa and see all that stuff, go see, go to Stuttgart and see the, the Porsche museum and the Mercedes museum. I, you know, I'm not really into Mercedes, but everything I've ever heard is that the Mercedes museum is a, is a must see. Yeah. That's what I've heard as well. My friend's been there, but that's what I heard of what heard as well is Mercedes is very, very good. Um, and Spa is just one of those places we all want to go to, isn't it? I think it's because we're Formula One. I mean, you're a Formula One guy. I follow Formula oh, yeah. One for years, you know, and Spa is just one of those tracks. Like if I ever go and watch one of them in, in Europe, I want to go to Spa. You know what I mean? It's just, just, just to see them go through Eau Rouge. Exactly. That's, that's the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. And you know what? You know, the fact that you ride bikes, it must help you in the 911 because when you ride a, a motorcycle, and I, I have a motorcycle license, I don't have one anymore, but it's, mm-hmm. that, it's that looking forward, isn't it? It's looking ahead, looking at the corner, do you yeah. feel like there's something from your your schools as a motorcycle rider that actually make you a better 911 driver? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. Um, you know, I like I said, I had I only had the bike through most of college. Yeah, and so pretty early on, I uh, started riding with a bunch of guys who were all actually my dad's age, but okay. they would all they would all hang out at this one cafe in town, <laughs> and uh, I'd go hang out with them every Sunday, and then we'd take a little ride up to Hatch, New Mexico which had like four interesting corners, but those guys were on it the whole way. And so I, I learned to ride quick pretty early on. And it it was so funny because I never rode with anyone my own age for like four plus years. And then I finally did. And I'm on my bike, which has, you know, 70 horsepower on a good day. And I couldn't even keep it in my mirror. But, um, but yeah, I definitely, I do, I do think that there, there's some transfer over there. Right. But that that's been the kind of the continuing deal with with being the the younger guy in the, in this space because I, I was a young guy with bikes and now I'm the young guy with cars because you know I'm a member of the uh, the local PCA group here 
which is really great. Um, I, I didn't really get involved with them until 2020 because the first year they accidentally sorted me into the Phoenix group and I just didn't bother to fix it until it was time to renew my membership. But, uh, you know, I started off with zoom meetings with them and that was nice. And then we finally started doing some little drives here and there. And oh, then fantastic. Uh, the big one I did is they, they have the, uh, Treffin events. So they actually had, uh, one last May here in Scottsdale. And I went up to that with, uh, my friend Anthony and his wife and, uh, we, we had a really good time. And, uh, you know, they have the, the guided drives and stuff. And one of them was up to, um, one of them was up to Sedona and, you know, okay. I've been to Sedona. So that one was kind of whatever. It's really, it's really pretty. And there's actually a lot of really good rock climbing up there. But, um, the other drive we did, which was definitely a lot more fun is we went to this little town called Jerome, right? which was just, you know, carved out of the side of a hill, this, this little mining town. And the, the drive up there was kind of, kind of whatever because with with the pca they're they've they're they're a real corporation so they've got insurance and rules for everything yeah and so I, how it works is you go and you go exactly the speed limit and you have lunch and then you're on your own to get back right and so for for that drive back that was one of the best drives i've ever had it was me uh anthony was in a c2s and then there's this this guy fred who was from california he was in a boxster spider oh, okay nice and that drive back, we were on it the whole time. And it was, it was just so much fun. You know, the, through, through the corners, you've got, you know, your buddy ahead and behind and, you know, through the traffic coming down 17, it was, it was just so much fun. It was, you know, nice weather and everything. They're the and, best sort uh, of drives, aren't they? They really are. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, three, and, uh, and three people as well, two other cars, you know, I think that's just the right number as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I never really considered the Boxster before because, you know, if, if I'm going to have an open air experience, I've got motorcycles for that. You know, I never really cared for convertible cars. I always wanted a coupe. Yeah. And, uh, with that drive and, and, and seeing that car, I, I definitely, the Boxster spider went way up in my book. I, there's a, there's one for sale actually at the dealership here in town, which of course I can't afford, this, but you sure you it's can in a really it? The pretty spot, cool. That'd be a great combination with your car. <laughs> You could have a great two-car garage then, Chris. That's that's perfect. Well, well let's finish my MBA first. <laughs> and then, then. No, the, the Spider is one of those cars that creeps up on you. You don't sort of notice it. You I don't know, know what I generation really you consider it. Yeah, and then, you know, David, who's been on Owner Stories before from New Zealand, who's uh-huh. had air-cooled and, you know, he's got, he just bought, he bought a red one not long ago. And he keeps mm-hmm. posting on Instagrams. And I keep looking at it going, man, that's so cool. I think it's a 981 maybe. I think it's a 981. There's several of the newer ones at Treffin, and they they definitely caught my eye. Yeah, um, that one was just you know a it was a GT Silver, but it was that that was a really fun drive. Yeah, no, that you you can't overlook them. That's for sure. They're quite they're quite cool, and they sound pretty good, and they look they look good. I reckon. Um, oh yeah. But, but I went on a great drive the other day, the other week with uh, with with Steve and with Marco, mm-hmm. who's been on Owner Stories here in Sydney. Marco in his mm-hmm. 996 um, Turbo. Yeah. Um, and that 996 Turbo, I have to tell you, the Speed Yellow in that car, Speed Yellow is one of those colors, you know, you have to you have to really see it properly in real life. And I've seen them, but I've never really sort of looked at it closely. Yeah, it's such a know, great color and it changes so often. We met at six in the mm-hmm. morning and it was completely different. And then the sun came out in here in, in, in Australia and it was just, it's, it's such a great color in the Turbo. It really is. And that 996 see, shape, like the front of your car, you know, with the big ducks, mm-hmm. it's just a great, great shape. See, what's funny is, you know, with, with as much as we like to nerd out about Porsche colors, I'm actually colorblind. 
Okay. So, um, you know, I, I can't see purple and a lot of, I, I mess up a lot of other things, but I still, I still really enjoy talking about, you know, the various nuances with, with colors and everything. Yeah. And I think, you know, I go back and forth. If, if I could spec a new GT3, yes. I, I think I'd have to have the wing and obviously I'd have to have a manual. Yes. I think I'd get bucket seats too. Yes. And I'd, I want green and I go back and forth between greens. I, I really green? like old greens or new greens, I, ice green, ice uh, greens are good color. Oh, see, I like Jade yes. and I really, I signal green is always a classic. And then, uh, light green, the, the hell green, that one, that one's oh, a really That's a one. great color. Did you see, yeah. um, did you see Lee Keen who does the Keen safaris? Oh, gold. Did you see that his one? That thing is so cool. Oh, my God. oh man. And did you see With the, the seats? the interior? Yeah. Yes. The seats that were done by Justin Plasek in, in Austria, yeah. the inserts, he does the inserts. I think Steve got a quote actually for the inserts for his GT3 from, from Justin for a different fabric. But that gold with the Pasha inserts, oh, I mean, man, he's that just, car is so cool. he's just nailed it, hasn't he? He's just got the perfect he really spec. Has. I, um, and what so there there was that movie that came out the the, the Gucci movie with like Lady Gaga yeah, yeah yeah and like I going into that I was like there's got to be some cool cars in this and there was there was that 924 with a with I the haven't seen it interior. yet I haven't seen it I have to yeah. watch it um but the, the, the like weird cousin that Jared Leto plays he yeah. drives a 924 Pasha. with the the brown Pasha interior and it I I saw that and I was like oh man that's so cool and of course there there had to be a Countach and I asked my yeah. girlfriend afterward uh, you know, which was her favorite car. And, yeah. you know, she, she, she notices Porsches on the street now, right? Because she, you know, I don't shut up about them. And so, um, and I asked her what her favorite car was. And she was like, Oh yeah, that black one that the lawyer drove. And I was like, <laughs> you, you do know that's a nine eleven target, right? And she's like, Oh, okay, cool. I was like, I guess I've trained you well. There you go. Air cooled is coming. You know, what's nice about Lee Keen's car though, is that most people who get GT3s get the Pepita seats. Most people spec Pepita, don't they? Or Tartan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's what they do in the inserts. And he did Pasha. And I think that's what's cool about it. The goal with that Pasha, you know, the Pasha seats just looks uh, looks really, really cool. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I've got, like, you know, through COVID, I've, I've one of my favorite masks I've worn is a, is a Pasha one that I bought from, like, Blue <laughs> Shift or something. And oh, really? people see it, they're like, oh, that's kind of trippy that I'm secretly just being a car nerd over here. Very good. Cool. Chris. We've almost gone to an hour and a half. We have to finish. Is there anything oh, wow. else? You, if, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we before we end today? Uh, I mean, I, I do have a watch. I can talk about watches. Oh, the watch. Let's finish on the yeah. watch. Um, yeah. A lot of Porsche guys are also watch guys. Um, everyone knows I've got a bit of an obsession with watches. Um, what are you wearing today? So uh, you know, initially the first watch that kind of caught my eye that really interests me in mechanical watches. I'm mechanical engineer so it's kind of a easy step there but it was definitely the speed masters especially like with the the space connection there yes but then you know honestly it was matt farah was talking about like oh man you know speed masters aren't waterproof at all you know you got to be careful even just washing your hands and i was like yeah that's that's too much of a yeah it's too fussy I'm, and so I, I looked into other omegas because I, re- I really like you know, just kind of the reserve design of Omegas and then come to find out one of my great grandpas that I'm partially named after he, he wore an Omega okay. back in the, back in the fifties. And so I kind of decided, you know, I like the GMT complication. Yes. And so what I ended up buying was a Seamaster 50th anniversary GMT, which was made from mm, like 97 yeah. to like late two thousands. 
And uh, I bought it off of, um, I think it was Crown and Caliber. Okay. That, that was a pretty good buying experience. And then more recently, um, I bought my girlfriend for her graduation. I bought her a uh, Seiko Prospects that was, um, it's kind of a throwback to the 1959 Alpinist with the, okay. the cream the cream dial. And that's a super pretty watch. Very yeah, they're happy good with watches. They're good watches. Yeah. I really like Omega. I've got two Omegas and they're old ones. I've got the Speedmaster, um, mm-hmm. which is a 70s one. Um, mm-hmm. watch and I've got a 75 flight master which needs a bit of work at the moment it's sort of it's just the bracelet's broken and the bracelet's original so it's very hard to get it repaired um, but <clears throat> with Omegas what I really like is if you have an old Omega and you want it restored properly you can actually send it to Switzerland you can get them to do it in Switzerland at the factory oh, yeah. my dad had bought a an Omega for my for my mom I think for one of one of their earlier anniversaries it was just, you know, a little ladies quartz watch. And, um, he, after I caught the, caught the watch bug, he also kind of caught the watch bug and was actually bought more than me, but <laughs> he, uh, he went and bought basically, um, like the pretty much the exact same watch that Pierce Brosnan wore when he was bond, uh, that blue. So that's quite um, a nice watch. Seamaster. Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. He, he got that one in quartz. Um, but he also sent my mom's watch off to, to get fixed. Right. And, and went through that whole program and he's, it was, it worked pretty well for him. Yeah. In Switzerland they have, um, if you have like a flight master, because the flight master, I don't know whether you're familiar with it, has a very big case and the case mm-hmm. has the lines, the, the machining lines on the outside. Um, mm-hmm. and if you'd send it to Switzerland, they actually have the machine and they'd redo the case for you so they can actually restore it. Mm. Apparently. I wonder how much they take off for that. But I don't know how much they take off. That was the thing that I was thinking about, right? So you can choose yeah. what you can choose if you want to keep the dial. I mean, I wouldn't replace certain things. You know, you can keep the dial because my dial's fine. You can keep the hands. Mm-hmm. They'll fix up the old bracelet if it's broken because you can't buy the bracelets anymore, the original ones. See, um, with mine, it's got that, I, like, you know, I know about the, the, how they'll repair your watch but like mine the bezel has kind of faded originally it was it was black and silver okay. and it's faded to a really nice kind of navy for for the upper part of the gmt bezel that's kind and, of nice you know, I, I like it yeah i don't, I don't nice. want to replace that no, I, I like no. i like the worn in feel on that yeah but the one thing about omegas is they're very reliable i mean i find to be honest and this is really terrible to say my flight master and my Speedmaster both work they're both working. Mm-hmm. They both keep time, and they've never had a service since I've owned them, and I've owned them for twenty. Oh yeah, and I've owned them for no, 20, mine's, 20 mine's years. not going anywhere until it stops. Yep, yep. Good so. choice. Good choice, Chris. Good choice. All right. I think that's about it. Thanks for thanks yeah, for sharing I'd your story so. today. Thanks for being on um, Porsche Good Owner Stories. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, finally got around to it, but you know how Christmas and all that, everything is crazy. So. I really enjoyed hearing your story. I liked uh, the message you sent me on Instagram. Um, from the very first one when you said you were washing a car and listening to the podcast or something, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. And then you listened to, what was the first one you listened to? You listened to John's story, didn't you? In oh, Norway. I don't know. Was it John? It's been was it a while. G- GT3, I think you said in the message to me or something. Vaguely I have remember. To look at my look at my Instagram here. I can't remember. I vaguely remember. I think it was, I think it was John in Norway with his... Um, oh, yeah, that yellow GT3. Yeah, the yellow, John. And, oh, he paid, and John posts the best images on Instagram as well. He's got a, so he's got a good eye. I, I like... You know the he's got the E88s, yeah, and that that is one thing that I'm definitely tempted on is to change up the wheels on my car because the the turbo twists I really like them. 
you yeah. know, they don't, I don't think they photograph well, but there's just so much yeah. going on when you actually look at them in person. Um, they've definitely grown on me, but the problem is they're so goddamn heavy. Yeah. And like, it's just, you know, you can literally go on like tirerack.com and buy the <laughs> cheapest OZs and you save yeah. like four pounds a corner. It's insane how heavy these wheels are. And so, you know, from, from an engineering perspective, it, it kind of hurts me just to know how much unsprung mass is on those wheels. So eventually I might want to change the wheels. So I, I will slightly revise my answer from before, but I, the E88s are so sweet. But even John, I remember that when I was speaking to John, he even, he said that was a big investment. That was a big investment for those wheels. They're not cheap. Oh yeah. No, it's, and that, that, that one, it's, you know, you're looking at five grand for yeah. just wheels and it's like, there's a lot of things I can do with five grand. <laughs> but they look fantastic and they're lighter, they do you know what I mean? So and everything will feel better. Everything will and, feel better. you know, I, I've gone back and forth. It's like, do I want to do the gold faces or would I go silver? And, and you know, I, I like, I showed my girlfriend the, the, the picture with the ones with the gold and she, she was like, I don't know. But, I, you know, the, the silver on silver is definitely, it's definitely grown on me. Yeah. So I, I might have to go with the silver ones or maybe, maybe if I could get them kind of slightly painted to, uh, like a medium gray, An- another one I've considered is, uh, one that I haven't really seen around too much, but pretty much the only Jap, like, like I said, I, you know, I watched, I read a lot of speed hunters growing yep. up. So I'm like yep. very big on wheels and Japanese car culture and stuff yep. too. But like Advan GTs, those five spokes. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh man, they're so cool. Like yeah. the, you know, obvi- like TE 37s are obvious, you know, kind of the obvious choice, but like the Advent five spokes are really cool. I, I, I think those would be neat too, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem for future Chris. For another day, I've for another finished, day. I do I like finish grad school. Yeah. I do like the gold wheels though. I mean, Steve's just switched. Steve's got two sets of wheels for his 997 GT3. He just, when we went mm-hmm. for the drive the other day, he's, he now has his Weiss, the Weiss gold painted ones on his, on his Ooh, car. And Weiss, cool. the Weiss gold is actually a really nice color. I mean, I don't know how it'll work with the, with the silver, with the Arctic silver, but with the white, obviously with Carrara white, it actually works really, yeah. really well. Oh um, yeah. That would look but cool. But that's a, that's a nice color. That's for sure. Chris. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on and uh, talking about your Carrera 4S. It's a very cool car. I love the roof box. Mm-hmm. I love how you drive it. I love how you use it. Um, and you look after it as well. That's the main thing. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks, Chris. All right, everyone. That's uh, Chris coming in from Tucson, Arizona in the US with his Carrera 4S 996 Arctic Silver um, he's got a roof box, very, very cool, and he enjoys his car every day. He drives it. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>